0: Man, I wonder if we can just clap our hands to the Lord all over this place for a moment. Oh, can we just magnify him for a moment. A hallelujah. You are great, and you're greatly to be praised, oh God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for every opportunity, oh God, we have to come before you. I'd like to welcome you all in Jesus' name to our first half of service here at the Church of Omaha, and welcome to those who are joining us online. Uh, keep Bishop Powell in your prayers. He's preaching at the the French African church here this morning. So in Jesus' name, God goes before him. And I do like to give special shout-outs to those who are joining online because I believe that there may be some who are looking to come to church. And I want to invite you to make TCOO your home. Amen. And I can't wait to meet you, and I know I speak for many others who say the same thing. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 let's stand for the reading of the word i'm going to be reading for 1st timothy 4 and also 1st john chapter 1 1st timothy 4 starting with verse 13 says till i come give attendance to reading to exhortation to doctrine neglect not the gift that is in you which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery meditate upon these things give yourself Holy to them, that your profiting may appear to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. And then turning over to First John chapter one, starting with verse three, that which we have seen and heard, declare we to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we to you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And for our first half together today, I'm going to be teaching and preaching the benefits of a right relationship with God. The benefits of a right relationship with God. And as you're taking your seats, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you have done in each of our hearts And minds, I thank you how you continue to mold and transform us into your image. God, I pray today that we would continue to take heed to your word, applying it to our everyday lives. Lord, I pray that you would help me today to be nothing more and nothing less than a vessel for you and what you desire. I pray all of these things in your matchless and marvelous name. And everybody say amen. Amen. At the forefront of what I am about to teach, it is my hope and prayer today that it would serve today would serve as a reminder for some, a new hope for others, and, if needed, an awakening for, from a slumber for yet others. We can read throughout the entirety of Scripture, that God desires a personal relationship with His supreme creation, human beings. The scriptures reveal that from the very onset. Of the earliest days of creation, God desired interaction with them. The book of Genesis indicates that God walked regularly with Adam and Eve as well as Enoch. We read the word walk, the word which comes from the Hebrew word, halak, which means both literally and figuratively to walk. It doesn't get much more plainer than that, right? Right? And an interesting thing about God walking with Adam and Eve and something that has always stuck out to me and likely will until he returns again is that when Adam and Eve ate of the tree, they knew they had done something they shouldn't. The Bible says that they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam hid his wife and his excuse me Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord among the trees in the garden which does more than imply that god was there with them walking with them god also met with the people his people israel in the old testament through a variety of means and venues he inhabited the tabernacle and later the temple he manifested himself through three theophanies He used prophets to convey his words. He spoke to Moses from the midst of a fire in a bush that did not consume it. He used a donkey to speak to Balaam. Through all of this, God had a better plan. And all of these things which we read in the Old Testament leading up to him robing himself in flesh. God came to his creation personally in the man Jesus Christ he came not only to literally walk among his people but also to establish his church and to provide the ultimate the supreme sacrifice for the sins of humanity he came knowing his purpose knowing that he must be crucified on the cross placed in a tomb and resurrected three days later oh hallelujah And after that, he continued to appear to his disciples in a resurrected body for about 40 days until he was caught up into the heavens. But just before that, Jesus spoke to his disciples in John 16, verse 7, saying, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. A couple of chapters before this, Jesus made it clear why the Comforter could not come until after his departure. He and the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, were one in the same. Hallelujah. And from that point today, believers have the matchless opportunity to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ dwelling in them by his Spirit. This is the greatest experience, the single most Greatest, if I can use such weird terminology, one can have being filled with the Spirit on this side of heaven. And while we know life on this earth will end, oh, that reminds me, Brother Keith, I was talking with you the other night and you'd made a confession to me and some other brothers around that this world was not your home. Hallelujah. So I too confess to you today that this world is not my home and I hope you can confess to me the same that I'm just a pilgrim passing through. I've set my eyes on heaven. I've set my eyes On Jesus I have fixed my eyes on him the only one who can save and that reminds me on some things that I've preached on before because sometimes as I'll talk about here in just a little bit sometimes we look to the left and we look to the right when Jesus wants our soul focus to be on him so sometimes we've got to put some spiritual blinders on and say I'm not gonna look to the left I'm not going to look to the right because I know where my help comes from and it comes from the Lord, the only one who can help me, the only one who can save me, the only one who can deliver me. Hallelujah. i got to be careful. I I feel a preach in my spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because life on this earth will end. Life on this earth will end. But this life is not the end. For there is a place prepared for the people of God where we can be with Him for eternity. I'm a pilgrim passing through here. But I know Jesus has a place for me there. In heaven with Him one day. And oh, I can't wait. So in preaching and teaching today on those benefits of a a right relationship with God, I want to break these down into four points If you have your notebooks, this is a good time to start taking notes. Number one, benefits of his word. Number two, benefits of his wisdom. Three, benefits of his guidance. And finally, last but not least, benefits of his presence. One of the first benefits in a relationship with God that is given to believers today is that we have the word of God. According to a quick search, the entire Bible has been translated into more than 700 languages. And part of it has been translated into over 3,000 languages. Some languages only have one translation of the Bible, while others have many. It has also been noted that YouVersion, the, the app on your phone, the Bible app on your phone, is one of the most popular Bible apps on a device now offers more than 2,000 versions and almost 1,400 languages. Hallelujah. While some of those versions may be a bit interesting to read, the fact is that we have this right at the very tips of our fingers, and it's something we can be thankful for. There's a lot of bad things we can do on here church but we've also got some of these good things like that blue letter Bible or that U version app or other Bible apps that you can look at may we outweigh the good excuse me outweigh the bad with the good amen the word introduces us to God so that we may have a relationship with him but in case you didn't know it does not stop there it does not stop there God goes on to establish us and lead us in a relationship with him that continues to grow. Through daily reading, studying, and sharing the word of God with others, we will grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ and furthermore enjoy these benefits of that relationship. In hopping back to 1 Timothy 4, Paul writes to Timothy, Till I come, give attendance to reading to exhortation, to doctrine. Paul urged Timothy to read. While it does not say reading the scriptures, Paul surely included that in this reading statement. I don't know what else he'd be referring to. Furthermore, The the other two aspects of this exhortation and doctrine would depend upon his reading and knowing of the scriptures. So it's safe to assume that Paul intended for Timothy to read the scriptures faithfully. Likewise, you guessed it, we too should read the scriptures. Throughout the word we read verse after verse after verse that address the necessity of obeying God. God's word. How can we obey that which we do not know? And how can we know that which we do not read or hear or study? In order to fulfill the commands of God, reading, hearing, and studying the word of God is essential. You can't know him without knowing his word. I don't think you heard me. You can't know him without knowing his word. And since Jesus said that his word is above his name, this further emphasizes the very necessity of knowing his word. As far as I'm concerned, since Jesus said it, that settles it. Under the law, God gave many complex and detailed commandments to his people there was literally nothing left out and a little something interesting about that you know if if the people would have followed the ten commandments God wouldn't have had to write the six hundred and twenty others right you see, if we follow the few, if we fo- oh, come on, somebody. If if we follow what God tells us to do, he doesn't have to get all complex. It's all written in his word. But you see, the Israelites had all these problems. They went this way and they went that way. Remember me talking about instead of following God in these simple Ten Commandments, you know, saying thou shalt have no other God before me. Don't, don't worship idols. Don't covet your neighbor's goods. Don't, don't do these things. Instead, he had to go off over here on this one and say 75 other things. about this one and this and that why because he saw his people going that way and I'm thankful that we serve a God who (laughs) we serve a God who is faithful who saw his people going that way but hear me he gave them the law with the expectation that they would diligently learn them and follow them he gave us the word that we would diligently and faithfully learn the word and follow it, which would require regular readings thereof. He urged kings who would rule to read, as we read in Deuteronomy, to have their possession a copy of the law. God commanded Joshua to meditate on the law day and night. Jesus said in John 5.39, search the scriptures For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And a few verses later, down in verse 47, he writes, But if you believe not his writings, speaking of Moses' writings, how shall you believe my words? If we love him, we should love his word which testifies of him. (laughs) Hallelujah. But with this reading, we must not stop with just reading. We also must study the Word so that we may firmly plant His principles in our heart. In 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul exhorted Timothy to study to show himself approved and to apply himself to the study of God's Word we as believers should do the same, diligently studying that we might rightly discern and interpret the Bible. In the book of Acts, Luke complimented the Bereans when he observed their nobility in their ready reception and study of God's word. May we, the body of Christ, be like the Bereans, And be ready to receive the word, but also take the word with us to study. We don't just come to church to hear the word. No, it's when we get home on Sunday night or Monday morning when we do our devotions or Tuesday afternoon when we're sitting at the coffee table at work or we're sitting at home or whatever we're doing and the Bible's sitting there on the nightstand. It's not going to open itself. Help me, Jesus. I'm talking I'm talking about all times. Yeah, we, it's, it, we should come here. We should not forsake the assembling of the body. But I'm here to tell you, when you get home tonight, what are you going to do? I'm not saying you have to get into his word, but what do you do on the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the Thursdays and the Fridays and the Saturdays? What are you filling your time with that is taking the place of this? Yes, we should take everything with kind of a, a grain of salt, if you will. You know, I'm not going to put my head in the word at all times so I can't just do anything else. I'm not going to blind myself. But we read this word so we can have it in our hearts and in our minds so that when we're walking down the street and we come across Sally or Ben or we come across Susie or George, whoever it is, that we have that word so that we can be instant in season and out of season so we can take this with us. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm here to tell you, if you get your head in the word, not only your head, but your heart and your mind in his word, hallelujah you take it with you wherever you go it's firmly planted inside of you oh hallelujah you know sometimes we find ourselves digging into the word and we hit some rocks we hit some bumps along the way we're like ooh that's a hard spot that's a hard spot that I need, to, I need to take a chisel to. That's a hard spot that I need to take one of those, those ice picks to to break up a little bit so that I can become fertile soil. Because I'm here to tell somebody here today, you may have some stones inside. You may have some hard places in your side. Whether it be from a past experience, whether it be from a hurt of some kind, whether it be from your upbringing, I don't know. I don't know, but you've got some stones in your heart that God wants to break loose so that you can be fertile again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In addition to reading the word, studying the word is essential to obeying the word. And it will keep us growing. It will keep us advancing and maturing in our relationship with him. Part of this studying can come in the form of meditation on the word and should come in such a form. It doesn't mean that you, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you have to sit in a certain position or face a certain way, or sit a certain way, or kneel a certain way, or anything like that. But meditate on the Word, and ponder the Word, further allowing the Word to plant and graft its root into you. But remember, too, that it's not only reading, it's not only studying, but ultimately, it's obeying the Scriptures. Jesus says, Happy are ye if you do them. James writes, Be ye doers of the word and not what? Hearers only. To his disciples in the church today, Jesus will know that you love him as you show your obedience to his word. And through this reading, studying, and ultimately obeying, it won't be something that you want to keep to yourself. It will be that which you want to share with others. It will be that which you want to testify about to your coworkers, to your neighbors, to your clerk at the local gas station, to whoever you come into contact with. You won't be able to hold it up inside. Hallelujah. It'll just start coming out. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, that joy that you have experienced for knowing Jesus, the desire will grow to share. That with others I want to share my joy with some people today I want to share my testimony with some people today because I know where God brought me from whoo that was a dark place and I might see somebody who's there or maybe heading that way and say hey I've been there let me come over there with you except I've got the light this time so all darkness has to flee (laughs) thank you Jesus when Paul writes to the Colossians about their speech being seasoned with salt that they may know how to answer every man. How can one have their speech uh, salted and be the salt and light to the world except for if they read, study, and obey his word? In case you were wondering, they can't. Sharing the word can sometimes come as a byproduct of reading, studying, and obeying because outside of the times where we gather here, Think about how many others you come into contact with throughout your week. Does your life reveal the goodness and grace of God to others? As you go about your daily business, whatever that may be, is the life you are living humble, sanctified, holy, joyful, and diligent? While this may be a byproduct It does not dismiss one from sharing the word with others. As we live our lives among the lost of this world, we are always to be watchful for opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others. Think about it this way, you may be the only representative of Christ positioned to reach certain people with the life-changing words of the gospel. May we be sensitive to every opportunity, sharing Christ with others. And as Jude writes, pulling them from out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Oh, hallelujah. And with the benefits of the word come the benefits of his wisdom. My second point for this morning. Wisdom of this world through education and real world experience may certainly have some value, but when we contrast worldly wisdom with heavenly wisdom, which comes from God, the difference is stark. Listen to what James writes about the difference in James chapter 3, starting with verse 15. The wisdom, worldly wisdom, descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Hmm. Now church, let me just say it like this. I am thankful that I know how to do certain things, that I have certain skills to do the things that I do, that I have an opportunity to work in a certain profession and I'm thankful that I'm able to provide for my family and ultimately I thank God for that but when we read that worldly wisdom is devilish it is that way because of how a man can choose to corrupt it it is how a man can choose to do evil with it in and of itself I have a hard time believing That everything is just evil, unless it's just clear as day that it is, which some things are and might be. But as I just said with that worldly wisdom that I have to do my job and whatnot, I do not use for evil. I do not worship those things and whatnot. In fact, at my job, there are certain lines that I refuse to cross. When something comes my way and I'm asked to do something that's outside of the integrity of God that is within me, I'm not going to do it. Somebody else can do it, but not me. And I'll voice that because I'm not going to cross that line. Because, hear me, uh, that line leads to more things. You soften that line right there and you step over that line. Well, there's going to be another line and then there's not even going to be a line anymore. And you're not even going to realize what kind of pit you've fallen into. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. The wisdom from above is not something that, can, that man can corrupt. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you. Man can turn from it through rebellion, but they cannot corrupt it. Oh, but man can also attain this heavenly wisdom. And that can only be done by Jesus Christ and through him. And on that note, if you desire heavenly wisdom, guess what you got to do? Huh? Ask for it. You've got to ask, but furthermore, you have to ask in faith nothing wavering and oh how great that that wisdom that comes from above that heavenly wisdom and what are some side effects of heavenly wisdom well i'm glad you asked there's peace there's purity there's gentleness there's mercy there's love there's joy there's truth oh hallelujah if i stood before you as a pharmacist of the word then i would as you've heard from this pulpit in times past Prescribe to you some pre-scripture hallelujah because it is the remedy to anything and everything you may be going through the wisdom that is from above hallelujah oh but this is not just some commodity that we can receive through higher education now, i'm currently taking some classes with excel but it's not through those classes at excel that i'm going to attain this heavenly wisdom It's not just something that we can attain from some kind of degree, achievement, or commendation of the world, for it is not earthly. I know there are many who have a degree which has helped them today, and to that I say great. Pastor Lucas, I know that with your degree and where you work, you have been afforded some great interactions, some great opportunities to have interactions with some higher officials that many in this room couldn't even imagine. And I'm thankful for that. And you who have degrees and such too, we, you know, you can use for the good. They may be able to better help you seek this heavenly wisdom and to value it when God provides it. Paul writes to the believers in Colossi in uh, Colossians 3:16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Excuse me, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Oh, what a priceless benefit and treasure that we have, that which is beyond measure. Thank you, Jesus. And with this wisdom, oh, hallelujah, we can receive from the word and the benefits thereof uh, come the benefits of his guidance. We read in the book of Psalms how Asaph recognized the value of God's guidance and counsel. When when he writes in Psalm 73, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. That's Psalm 73, 24. When a hunter or wilderness explorer sets out on a new territory, one that they have not explored before, as much as they know may know about the place, as much studying as they may have done, they can testify to the importance and value of having an accompanying guide who knows the territory. Sometimes it can be a matter of life or death. Like this, the Lord knows the territory of our lives. But he provides more than only guidance. The Lord is also our counselor as we read in Isaiah 9-6 and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In case you you still aren't sure about him being your counselor, remember that Jesus knows what we need far better than we do. Not only in guiding us through life, but he will guide us into all truth. His Spirit dwelling in you will teach you and remind you of those principles when needed. Furthermore, as we read in Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, in chapter 2, starting with verse 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Oh, church, these deep things of God can only come by being in His presence. All of these benefits, the benefits of His Word, the benefits of His wisdom, and the benefits of His guidance are all wonderful and important and necessary for a relationship with Christ. But lest we forget the most important benefit, the benefit of of His presence. The reality of His abiding presence adds depth and meaning to the other benefits we have gone through this morning. The nature of God's abiding presence is lasting. As to the writer, as the writer of Hebrew points out, uh, uh, the Lord promising, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee." Your life may be a roller coaster. Your life may be a roller coaster, of ups and downs. Some of those ups may may be higher and lower than other days. Some of you may be here and others may be way down here. You may be going through some of the worst things anyone could ever have to endure or bear. But hear me, your relationship with Jesus is constant. He is the constant. No matter how high or low, Jesus is right there with us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The constant, abiding, unchanging, steady, steady, and dependable. His presence does not ebb and flow with our daily ups and downs, but He is right there with you through. It all and I hope Jesus likes roller coasters because I don't know about you but some days are better than others and some days are like a roller coaster but church no matter where it may be Jesus is right there with me I'm here to tell you today no matter where you're at on that high or low Jesus is with you right there with you and he is closer than a brother he sees what's before you he's taking care of everything that's behind hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. And hear me. His presence is with you. His presence is with you always. Even to the ends of the earth. Now that's a long time. But we know Jesus is not bound to time. And that's a very powerful commitment. Oh, but Jesus is all powerful. So you better believe it's only Jesus that can make those promises. Hallelujah. In a marriage, you stand before your spouse and you promise to love and cherish them till death do you part. Well, not that I'm going to put a downer on marriage because it's a beautiful thing, it's a biblical thing. I love seeing people get married and living happily ever after. But when those rough times hit, because they will, all the married people say amen. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. When those rough times hit, and you feel cornered with your thoughts, your circumstances, no one else is around, Jesus is still there. (laughs) Oh, I'm so overwhelmed by his presence because I know that even if I find myself in the darkest corner of my life or I find myself in a struggle that I I can't see my way out of, that Jesus is right there. Uh, hallelujah and that me. oh I get so overwhelmed and tears begin to flow down my face because I wouldn't be where I am now without him because I know he was there he was there with me and he's seen me come up and into his marvelous light oh hallelujah I can tell you that your situation hallelujah I can't tell you that your situation will change but I can tell you what will change in that situation and that is you. And I was just talking with my father-in-law, Chris, about a situation I was having at work a few years back. You know, when all that COVID stuff was running rampant. Some other people can testify because I've shared with them as well. I was really struggling with a certain situation at work. I prayed about my frustration with what was happening. And while I don't recommend this, it's what I did. I basically told God that I was getting ready to walk out the door. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I was getting ready to walk out of my job. And I said, Lord, if you really want me here, you're going to have to show it to me. Guess what, church? Remember his presence? Remember how it's always with you? It wasn't five minutes later, and the situation began to be mended. <laughs> what I thought would be impossible... God made possible, and it was only God. I know you weren't there, but it was only God. Oh, I feel the spirit right now. It was only God. It was no man. It was no woman. It was nobody else but him because I reached out to him. I was in tears. I was frustrated. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Show me why you want me here, and he showed me. He showed me that he's able to move in others. Oh, hallelujah. My doubts may have crept in, but he's like, I'm still faithful. I'm still going to show you. It was kind of like Thomas who doubted. And Jesus said, look, look. Oh, what a God we serve who shows us when we doubt, who shows us when maybe we can't see it or when we have other thoughts of, I just don't know if that's really... What's going to happen? I don't know if I can get through this. God can and will get you through everything. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And with his presence being there always, remember that being in his presence is fullness of joy. Uh, oh, and this fullness of joy is not something here on the surface. Uh, it's not just something that is shallow or something that can be blown away with every wind of bad circumstance. It will not just flee in the sight of struggle. No, it's joy in the fullest, the greatest joy, the joy that is only possible through an abiding relationship with Jesus. Uh, Jesus wrote, uh, says in John 15, 11, These things have I spoken unto you that what? That my joy might remain in you, and that your joy, my joy, may be full. Ha, 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 hallelujah. A few weeks back, I preached a message titled, Filled with all the fullness of God. And with that, is also being filled with his joy. That joy unspeakable, which remember means something that cannot be described by you or me. But it's still there. There are many verses where we read of this fullness of joy which is only available in a relationship with Him. It is Him that fills us with that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. That joy again which is beyond description. It cannot be put into human terms. Hallelujah. That joy, that's what I want. And finally, I want to leave you with this. Psalm 1611, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Not only is his presence lasting and full of joy, but in his presence are pleasures forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. You see, there's an issue, and I don't know what else to call it in the world today, uh, but it's what is known as Instant gratification. It's people who are constantly seeking uh, some sort of fleshly pleasure. The world has always sought sources of pleasure, but culture today is obsessed with the idea of seeking pleasure constantly and well, instantly. The pleasure is not lasting, which may be why it's sought constantly and desired instantly. But you may have already guessed where I'm going with this. With Jesus Christ and His church, the pleasures He gives are lasting and satisfying beyond anything this world has to offer. This pleasure, along with the joy, is that which is not dependent on circumstances. It's not dependent on location. It's not dependent on tradition. It's not dependent on any activities. Choosing to live for Jesus is the best thing you can do. Nothing compares to the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. Not earthly pleasure, no sensual desire, no indulgent temptation. Nothing From the benefits that I went through and those that may have popped into your mind as we went through these together, not just I, but we, you, can boldly declare that there is nothing, nothing, nothing like the presence of jesus christ in our lives and so i wonder as we come to a close today if we can just invite jesus in if we can just get into his presence for a moment why don't you stand with me all over this place if you want to clap your hands in joy to the lord go ahead and clap your hands to the lord if you want to shout for joy go ahead and shout for joy hallelujah oh we thank you jesus for your presence which is lasting we thank you jesus for your presence which is full and full of joy oh god in the pleasures that come from your presence. We know nothing matches that, oh Jesus. And we want to seek you more. We want to seek you for greater things. Greater things are still to come for me, oh God. Greater things are still to come for my neighbors, for my coworkers as we seek your presence. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead and seek him. Go ahead and shout for joy for just a moment. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need to deepen your relationship with him, start that today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we've got about a minute here. Go ahead and rejoice for a moment. I'm not, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, your presence is everlasting. Oh, your presence is true. Your presence is right. Your presence is holy. And because we can be in your presence, we can be holy. For you are holy. We can be right as you are right. We can be separated as you call us to be separated, oh God. We can see the need to reach others as you show us that need to reach others. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you Lord oh hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus yes hallelujah (laughs) yes Jesus yes Jesus hallelujah hallelujah got about a 10 minute break here Uh, I invite you to take take about a 10 minute break here we'll be back here at about uh, 1120 so thank you Jesus in, in Jesus name God bless you